come away! Zero, zero, one, one, zero, 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 one, zero, zero, one, 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 zero, one,
If you're saying that 23 years later, you still don't want to spoil this, I think that speaks a lot of your um, opinion of this film. This film is awesome. I reckon I've seen this probably five times. Really? I watched it one time. I remember where I was exactly. No, I'm joking. Actually, I, no, I, I actually do. Um, I'm pretty sure it was like during exam break. Um, I was at home watching. I watched it and I was like, oh my goodness, I have to watch that again. So I just watched it two times in a row. It was just a, straight, back oh, to back. So good. Wow. Wow. Oh, definitely very Inception-esque um, where you, multiple viewings are definitely beneficial. Really? Um, and it's not like you watch it again and you're like, oh, you know, I can't see this. Well, you watch it again, you're like, oh, okay, oh, oh, okay, oh. It's like watching Westworld the second time over. Yeah. Um, Another thing I haven't seen. Yes. Let me guess Yeah, because I think the king here, above everything else, the production design, um, the acting, the king here is just the story. And I think what I've said before is I stories make movies, I think, personally, I think, which is a oh. pretty safe assumption. Um, you can have great acting, you can have great visual effects, you can have great direction you can have great cinematography but if there's no story to wrap it all together the whole thing in my opinion at least it just falls apart another thing that i think actually really makes movies is the casting and that is one thing i've heard about the usual suspects yeah. is that the the actors who are cast as those characters yep are just perfect they are. would kevin, you agree with that yeah kevin spacey won an oscar for this for best supporting actor yeah that's right or yeah. um what's his face verbal kid don't look down don't look down don't look down <laughs> I was about to scroll down and look at the cast list. Yeah. I've been deliberately told not to. Yeah, don't look down. Actually, I'll just exit this page. Don't look down the cast list. Don't look down the <laughs> cast list, Andrew. Um, but yeah, Benicio Del Toro is awesome. So is Gabriel Byrne. Um, everyone here, their characters are very, very specific in terms of like, you know, you've got, you know, you've got the fumbling kind of funny, um, charismatic guy in the gang. Then you've got, you know, the leader, the really cal- calculated coordinated. You've got the fumbling guy who's just in it because of pure luck you've got the driver it's very yeah, okay. they all play their characters really to perfection but it's there's all a good unique spin on them they're all explored they all have something behind them and it's it's just so good so good interesting so that's all I want to say on that one again I don't want to spoil it because I would hate to be the one that spoils the ending for you go watch it for yourself as I usually say with my past movies <laughs> Oh, as I said before before we recorded if we had time tonight boys I'd honestly like force you guys to watch this <laughs> Tempting. Is it recording. on Netflix or a streaming service? Look, I don't know if it's on Netflix. I haven't seen it, I reckon, in about a year. Um, so I don't, I'm not sure if it's on Netflix at but, all. But realistically, it's probably available for like 10 bucks on DVD now. Yeah, I probably so. actually should buy it when I get home. But that is my <laughs> Usual Suspects, one of the top five. Of my there you go. So that, all time. that's The Usual Suspects, 1995. Yep. Mm, okay. Well Next up, Andrew, yeah, thanks, you man. are bringing a... Uh, we're actually a bit cartoon heavy in this episode. Yes. What are you bringing for us? A cartoon movie, of Ooh. all things. The cinematic experience, experience. one would say. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Batman The Dark Knight Returns Part 1. Ooh. And we can dabble in Part 2 as well. Okay, mm. okay. This is very heavily based off the award, award-winning, award well-known... Uh, Comic book series certainly from... critically acclaimed. Yes. So yes, it is. It is a direct adaptation of Frank Miller's yeah. The Dark Knight Returns. Yeah, direct adaptation, give or take a few things to make it more cinematically flow. Flow. Um, yeah, that's, yeah, that's a better word. <laughs> um, but it it does very heavily take from the comic book, which is outstanding as well. Yeah. Yes, it is. So this isn't a full feature animated film, is it? If you watch both of them back to back, then it does turn into a full feature. Yes. Okay. So it's. It's. Uh, I'm just looking at it now. It's mm. two one hour and sixteen minute 
movies. So that yes. would mean what two hour, two and a half hours, yeah. all up. Two and a half hours yeah. if you watch uh, it, all which up. is quite a lot. Yeah, oh, Zack Snyder film. <laughs> Zack Snyder esque film. The extended cut line around somewhere. Look, I I love this comic book. Yes, originally Fantastic. it was originally released by, as I said, Frank Miller in yes. 1988, I believe. Yes. Um, and it was one of the first comic books I ever read, mm. and it's just brilliant. So. Yeah. What what does it actually focus on? What's the story? Well, it focuses it? on Batman himself, Bruce Wayne. No, <laughs> no way, get out of town. Dude. Um, obviously, he hasn't been Batman for ten years, is what they tell you. And throughout the movie, it references the heat wave going through Gotham, and everything's coming to a boiling point, more or less. Both figuratively, Vigur- and literally, figuratively, figuratively, <laughs> figuratively. yeah, vigorously. Um, and it kind of it. It's loosely speaking about Bruce Wayne and his internal struggle and how he's coming to a boiling point as well. Because obviously he's Batman. He keeps hearing all these things happening in Gotham. Hit me with it right away. Hearing all these things in Gotham and that he can't do anything about it because he's been, superheroes have more or less been made illegal by the government. That's that's the story you kind of find out towards the end. And it all comes down to... One night he's flipping through the TV channels and it's just crime after crime after crime after crime. Then the mask of Zorro comes on, which is the play he went to see with his parents yeah. when they were killed. Yeah. And then that just triggers everything off again. Yeah. And then he goes out into the night as Batman. Yeah. At the age of fifty-five, I think they say yeah. he is in the comic you know, books. Good on yeah. him. Good yeah. On him. Good on fifty-five. Yeah. And he's just brutal. Yeah. Because he's back. And he's like old, so he has no patience for anything whatsoever. No patience whatsoever. Absolutely. It's uh, it's just outstanding. The story is just... How would you describe the story? It's a great, great it is, conclusion to the It is groundbreaking. Dark it's, yeah. oh, it's, it is so incredibly good. The, a number of movies have actually drawn from this comic book before. Yes, most few. notably, and most recently, was um, Batman vs. Superman. Yeah. The whole Batman in the metal suit fighting Superman, like that is directly, directly. pulled. Yeah from this original comic. And I would say that if you were maybe, you know, if if BVS left a bit of a bad taste in your mouth, which, let's be honest, is probably most people. Go and watch um, this. And you haven't seen this, yeah, I would highly recommend it. It has one of the best Batman versus Superman fight scenes in comic book history. And his final fight with the Joker as well. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's the perfect end. Yeah. It is. I actually really enjoyed yes. both of these, part yeah. one and part two. Yeah. Um, strangely enough, I actually quite enjoy the animated films that DC yeah. Comics Oh, produce. they're brilliant that they I keep find, popping out. Yeah, I actually... And I enjoy these ones the most. It's actually got a good cast behind it as well. Yeah. Peter Weller is Batman. Peter Weller is Batman. He plays it awesome. Groundbreaking. Um, then who plays the Joker as well? He the Joker is played by... Um, the guy from Lost. What's That's his right, name? Michael something. Uh, Michael Emerson. Yes, Michael, Michael Emerson. Emerson. He yes. does a great job. Yes. Um, but these obviously aren't cartoons you watch with your kids. These are. I'm pretty sure they're like yeah. MA in Australia. Yeah. They, and it, they are. They're there really, is a lot of blood. I was going to say it's really. Uh, when I first watched this, it was it was on like Channel Nine at like eleven o'clock at night, and it was I was like, man, this is actually real violent for like an animated film. Like yeah. Flip. But no, I really enjoyed it. I think it's heightened for me because mm. I do like the comic and I do love Batman. Yeah. And I. Because I'm a bit of a DC fanboy, I always love watching adaptations to the yeah. screen of those characters. Oh, absolutely. Um, so the, my enjoyment is heightened, I reckon, yeah. by 10% more than the rest, than the casual fan. Yeah, DC's animated movies are actually... This is... You can tell they actually take the time. Well, yeah. they've actually, Well, what they've done is they've... 
essentially they aren't trying to pitch to a massive audience. No, they're not. Um, but they know that there is an audience out there that they wants to see them. They know there's a core audience that yeah. will watch so, this and love it. Yeah, yeah. I, for the most part, I don't think they're ever actually released in cinemas, or at least they're not here in Australia. No, but, but they might do like a night screening, like yeah, they did like with the Batman Harley yeah. Quinn and yeah. the Gotham but, by Gaslight or whatever it was. Yeah, but they are more direct adaptations, and they are and they're, they're made for adults. They are cheap. Yeah. Mm. They're really good. I actually am thinking. I've got. I was given uh, the Red Hood animated that adaptation, brilliant man, which is outstanding. Um, they also did one that was set in between the Dark Knight and the Dark Knight Rises, the Chris Nolan films, mm. called I think it's Gotham just called Knight? Gotham Knight. Gotham Knight, yeah. Um, or maybe it's in between Begins mm. and Dark Knight. Anyway, they also did, um, which is like an animatrix kind of like yeah. a bunch of animated shorts, and they, they're just they're they did so Batman well done. Year one as well. They did, yeah. yeah. I haven't seen that one, have you? Yeah, really good. Really good? Really good. Yeah, they just cater to niche audiences, exhibit A, right here. And we just, <laughs> and we, just like, we soak it up, we love it. Yeah. It's true. Uh, so it's it was true. directed by Jay Oliver. He directs like every single one. Nearly of every things, single one. And then the say. writer, which who is brilliant, because he had, even had to add in scenes and lines that weren't in the comic book, but yeah. they just felt like they belonged anyway. Yeah. And that was uh, Bob Goodman. Bob Goodman, old yes. mate Bob. What, old mate Bob. What else has he written? Give me his resume, please. So he's done Superman, wow. the TV series. Yep. He's done Batman Beyond, the TV series. Okay. The season DC. Yeah. And then he's right also on. done he Elementary. Some, yeah, element, quite a bit Warehouse of Elementary. Warehouse 13, Superman animated film, both The Dark Knights, uh, Ben 10, another Batman. Yeah, okay. So really just... Yeah. He's, he's quite... He's done quite a lot of... Yeah. Quite a lot of DC animated stories. Oh, yeah. A lot yeah. of like the TV show ones. And then I think the producer was... Is the guy who did the Batman animated TV series? No, what's his what, what's his name? Uh, just having a quick look at the director Jay Oliver. He's Paul, actually Paul Dini. No, no what's no, it? No. Paul, what's his name? Uh, Bruce Tim. Bruce Tim. Bruce Tim. Bruce Tim. He's a lad. Yes. Um, I'm just having a quick look. Jay Oliver is actually a storyboard artist, and he's worked on things like Justice League, Thor, Ragnarok, uh, Wonder Woman, Spider Man: Homecoming. Um and a lot of the other wow. um animated kind of movies as well. So yeah. he's he's clearly quite a talented art director, and I think that translates a lot into his direction of animated and a, and a stories. huge geek. I think when you look at say the comic book and how it was drawn by Frank Miller, quite ob- abstract or ab- you know really Frank different. Miller has a very specific style. art yeah. style, and you can pick it up straight away. And Although think- he didn't actually anim- he didn't actually um draw the Dark Knight series. He just wrote it? No, yeah, he just wrote it. It was anima- it was drawn by Lynn Valley, I think. Vin- oh, Lynn cool. Valley? Yeah. I might have to double check that. Yeah. Anyway. But I think that's why they brought um, Bruce Tim in because he made it very Batman TV series-esque, the cartoon. That's why it was... Easy. And yeah, Bruce Tim was the one of the minds behind Batman the Animated Series, yes. which is and it was his widely idea. regarded as the best Yeah, it was his idea to, to do all the drawing on black paper. Mm-hmm. Not white paper. Ooh, mm-hmm. how interesting! That's how they got the dark tones. I was going to say very. It is set like very noir esque. Yeah. Mm. So yeah, and just coming back to Batman, who was the voice again? Peter Weller. Peter Rob- Weller. Robocop. Rob, Mr. Robocop himself. It, that's Batman for me. That's old Batman, I reckon. Yeah, that's the Batman you want. Deep voice, grumpy, ru- rustic, grumpy, just brilliant, amazing, dark, there you go. very dark. There you go. Go well, watch it. Well, I am... Uh, They're both gonna... on Netflix as well, by the way. Yes. Ooh. 
I was unaware of that. I might rewatch them. Um, I am bringing another DC animated. I want to say I know what you're talking about, but I just can't okay, input because well, I've not seen a single one. Well, I I have only come to this TV series recently. very recently, and what <laughs> happened is we're actually I think it was the three of us actually we were walking into a movie. Yep. And we caught the because a a movie is coming out from this TV series, and the first trailer had come out. We walked in and we were a little bit late, and I walked into this line at the end of the trailer that just said. Because if Aquaman can get a movie, anyone can get a movie. <laughs> and I thought, you know what? That's pretty funny. That's pretty true. I quite like that. I like that <laughs> style of humor. Yeah. And was advertising the movie for the TV series of Teen Titans Go. <laughs> now, one thing I have learned since I started watching this TV series yes. <laughs> is that there is a lot of hatred for this series. Yes. Which still blows my mind. And I really don't understand why. Well, sorry, I do understand why. You can, yeah. I don't think it's justified. And this is is the reason. So, bit of background. Teen Titans is a superhero group within the DC universe. Yes. Its uh, members have changed over time, Mm -hmm. but generally speaking, Robin is the leader of it. It's just like the Justice League. Yeah, exactly. But so it's, it's like it's kind of like the sidekicks. Yes, which, yeah. it, exactly. It is. It's kind of like the sidekicks of that. So it's Robin, um, Cyborg, who was actually in the Justice League movie. Yeah, he is almost Pop. always a member of the, the Teen, Teen Titans. Titans. Yep, very true. Yep, not Justice League. Um, Beast Boy is another usual yep. character as well, which is basically a a guy who can turn into different beast shapes. Yep. Um, and then. The other other cast can kind of change. Ra- oh, sorry, Raven is the other usual yes. shoe in as well. Yeah, yep. who's like a half demon, um, kind of like possessed spell yeah. caster kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and then in Teen Titans Go, the fifth member is Starfire, who yes. is an alien princess. Yeah, which has become more prominent if you go and watch the yes. Teen she, Titan movie. And yes, like she that. is yeah. a bit more of a solid character as well. Yes. Um, but yeah, so it is an existing group. There's a story. There's a comic series that. Follows them, and Ooh, there's yeah. many stories that go mm-hmm. around. Um, there was a show on the Cartoon Network mm-hmm. that was a more serious look at the Teen Titans and their exploits and everything like that. Yep. However, and that was in 2003. Mm-hmm. However, Teen Titans Go, which premiered in 2013, yep. is just a very light-hearted look at them living together. Yeah. Very meta. Yeah. Hugely meta. Yeah, but also, yeah, they just—it's—it's it's it's not about them yeah. fighting crime. It's no. more just like five teenagers living together in a giant building yeah. full of tech, and aimed at like young kids. Young yep. kids. It's a young kid cartoon. Think Powerpuff it, Girls. Exactly. It's yeah. very much in the in the uh, the vein of Cartoon Network, where it's here is a show for young kids, but also we're making some jokes that go over the top of the kids' heads, so that parents don't hate having to watch this. Yeah. Now, because. I'm an adult that just is a giant kid. Yep. I just like all of it. <laughs> Correct. Um, so, Andrew, you haven't seen this before, have nope, you? Nope. I've no. only seen the trailer for the movie that's yep, coming out. There and is a, I did chuckle at that. The movie coming out is Teen Titans Go to the Movies. Huh. Um, Got him. Hey. Zach, you have seen this TV series, haven't you? I have you? seen it, yeah. What do you think? Uh, look, to be honest, I actually don't mind it. I actually think it... Look, when I first... How, how should I say it? When I first stumbled upon this show on TV one time, I was like, oh, this is, let me watch this. I'll see what this is because it's Teen Titans. So I'm like, oh, I like this. I'll see what this is. And I was actually pretty presently supplied, uh, blah, 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 
pleasantly surprised. Um, I actually feel like, you know, I do get a good chuckle out of it mm. and a good um, laugh out of it. Um, my little brother and sister love this completely. They watch all the time. So I'll always like pop in, watch like five minutes and then kind of pop out. Like it's entertaining. And to be honest, what it is, it's aimed at kids. And there's some jokes here that'll, you know, that come back at adults. Like it's very, I refer to it as a very kid-friendly robot chicken. Um, very kid-friendly robot chicken is what I refer to it as. Which is not a way that I would describe it, but I... I understand what you're saying. Yeah, because I, yeah. I describe it in the way it's very meta. It's very not taking itself seriously at all. And they'll make jokes about themselves and about everything associated with and it. And about their previous series as well. Oh, yeah, without any hesitation. So that's in the reference I refer it to. Um, and look, I, I find it enjoyable. Like, yeah. it's, it's it's totally fun. Cool. I, like, as I said, I love this. <laughs> I have been... You said that you did a deep dive in Scrubs. Yep. I've been doing a deep dive of this. Wow. We watched about probably about six episodes back-to-back last night. And they are the double-episode style of Cartoon Network, where it's actually one, like, 20-minute episode or 24-minute episode is actually two 11- or 12-minute episodes within one. Um, But, yeah, I, like, I love it. Raven is my favourite by (laughs) far. She is the Dr. Cox of the Teen Titans. There you go. That's cool. Yeah. So, yeah, that's uh, Teen Titans Go. I am thoroughly looking forward to the movie because it just looks like really silly humor the mm. whole way. Uh, Zach will come and see it with me. Uh, sure. Andrew, probably, probably not. not. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> Look, boys, if we're being honest, probably, probably not. Probably. Yeah. But another make... superhero movie that we Ooh. did all go and see yeah, together. We did. There Segway. we go. Wait, Segway. We did go together. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. We did. <laughs> uh, recently, uh, we have just had... The sequel to the 2015 movie, Ant-Man. We have just been graced on the screens with Ant-Man and the Wasp. The Wasp. 2018. Oh, you, wow, there we go. Hello, everyone. There we go. Um, Bonjour. So it brings back Paul Rudd as Scott Lang. It also brings back Evangeline Lilly as Hope Van Dyne. Yep. Um, and then the whole, pretty much the whole cast from the original movie as well. Mr. Michael you have, Douglas? Uh, yeah, so Michael Douglas is um, Hank Pym. You've got Michael, Michael Peña, Peña mm-hmm. as Lewis. Um, also, Bobby Cannavale and Judy Greer come back. T.I. is back as Dave and David Dest Malk, I can't say his last name, as Kurt, um, another one of Good. Scott Lang's friends. It also brings in Hannah John Carmen as Ava yep. mm-hmm. slash Ghost. Yes. Um, and a few others as well, most notably probably Walton Goggins and as a main antagonist. Oh, and of course, Lawrence Fishburne. And Michelle Pfeiffer. And Michelle Pfeiffer as well, <laughs> although she's in it for a very small amount. Very small amount of time, but a big name for a very... Yes, that's right. Five-minute yeah, she, role. She's got a big paycheck, I reckon. Yep. Um, so, why don't we go around and start off. Yep. What did we think about Ant-Man and the Wasp? Zach, why don't you start us off? What did I you think? I thought, truth be told... Hand cards on the table. No, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> uh, look, I thought it was all right. I thought I found it after some reflection. It was like semi enjoyable. Mm. Um, it, what it is, is it's in. It's like kind of light-hearted Marvel kind of fun. Mm. Um, and look, it is enjoyable for sections of it. Um, it just it's very similar to a Han Solo film in where I think yeah. it never really justifies its existence. That's yeah, a really good it's way to there. put it. It's there. Yeah, it's enjoyable. Um, but you know. Could we have done without it? I reckon. Yeah. And I think... Um, actually, I'll get into that later. You, mm. you, you guys go. You guys go. All right. Mm. Andrew, what did you think about Ant-Man and the Wasp? I I tend to agree with what the reviews are online at the moment. Everyone just saying it's a breath of fresh air after Infinity War. 
Infinity Infinity War was heavy. It was deep. It was a lot of emotion, and you know, it was just a very dense story which we've been keeping up for for ten years. So this coming through was just like, don't forget, we are fun. We like these comic book characters. We like to make good movies. So I enjoyed it. It wasn't bad. Yeah. Like Zach said, did we need it? Probably not. But it was great. I loved it. There you go. Um, look, I I think I agree with you, Zach. I think it was a bit more of a sequel for sequel's sake. Yep. Um, not that I didn't want a sequel. No. I thoroughly enjoyed Ant-Man, the first one, in 2015. Mm-hmm. Um, I Exactly what you said, Andrew. I think in 2015 it brought a breath of fresh air because this is also before Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. It was really... And this same with Ant-Man 1 and Ant-Man and the Wasp. I think that it has a level of humor that is not corny. And I no. think in some of the Marvel movies, they insert humor and it's kind of like, it's a bit jarring. It's like, oh, yeah. okay, yep, I guess so. That was written by a comedian for them to say. Yeah, or it's, yeah. Just a, it's just a bit kind of off. And like the, the one that immediately springs to mind is when in the first Avengers, they lift up the helicarrier and Captain America like takes out his wallet and gives um, Nick Fury Samuel Jackson ten bucks ten bucks as like a like a nod to like um oh what were they called bus boys at the at like old not bus boys no he did he did say like I bet you ten bucks I can blow your mind he said that to him earlier in the film that's why he gave did him he? the ten bucks yeah he goes I bet you oh. ten bucks I can blow your mind there you go like eight years later I'm being blown by uh mm. not realizing. And just make sure to research, mate. What are you doing? Unbelievable. Well, I'll just, it's okay. I'll just edit all this out later. (laughs) Except I'm not going to. Um, Look, so yeah, anyway, I think there's these like corny bits that get inserted. However, with Ant Man, both of them, it's natural. It's funny and it's real. It doesn't feel forced. It just feels like a very, very Paul Rudd. Mm, Very ad lib. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's supposed to be there. Um, That being said, I. Yeah, I as I said before, I think it's just yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's that. Literally, did we need it? Probably not. I mean, I still wanted it. But yeah, I still wanted just, it, but yeah, it didn't. Yeah. yeah, it didn't bring anything new. No, let's say that. No, it didn't set anything up. Didn't take this franchise any further. It was. There you go. So yeah, that's uh, Ant Man and the Wasp. So um, should we no wrapping it up? No. <laughs> Um, look, that being said, though, one of the things I do want to um, highlight is, mm. first of all, just a very quick one, um, Abby Ryder Fortson, who, who plays Cassie, which is um, oh, the daughter. Scott's daughter. Yeah. Really? My goodness. She was phenomenal. Mm. Like, she was she, great in the first one. She was great, but now that she's a bit older, I really think that every scene that she was in, she stole the show. Yeah. She is a phenomenal actress mm-hmm. at whatever age she is at the moment, and I really think she's got a very promising career because she was she completely owned the scenes that she was in up against some big-name actors. She was wonderful in it. Mm. The other person that I really want to highlight is uh, Hannah John Carmen, who played... She was was good. So, the uh, ghost. Ghost, gotcha. So, what did we think about the antagonist, the main antagonist? Or, sorry, I mean, there's kind of two. We've got... Mm. Um, Walter let's, Goggins' character. Yeah, okay. But let's okay, stick with Ghost. Spoilers. What did you think of uh, Ghost? I liked her. Good. I liked how they mm. made an attempt to... Look, because I liked how they made an attempt to kind of flesh out this one. Mm. Um, flesh out the villain. Flesh out the story a bit more. I'm not saying that it was it was decent and they were good at it, but I just like... 
I like the attempts. And look, to be honest, I was genuinely intrigued on what was her backstory, why, like, why is she like this? What are her motivations? Um, so I think that's a step in the right direction. Yeah. What do you think, Andrew? Yeah, I, I liked it. It was a great idea. Yeah. Um, but uh, she never fought Ant Man in the comics. She's oh, okay. She was See, never I, part of his universe. I was completely unaware of that. Yeah. So, but uh, great. The way her visual costume as well was stunning. Yeah, yeah, really like good. Really creepy, but still cool at the same time. And her powers were sweet, and the way that they explained it as well was nice. Yeah. I like yeah. that. So, yeah, it gave her a very good motive, at least. I reckon, I reckon she's going to come back as so, a good guy. Yeah, so do I. I don't think those powers are gone. Because, well, without going into the any spoilers or anything, mm. I don't believe that um, there was any permanency to what happened. Yeah. And I think that she will come back as a... Goody, goody. Maybe not a main character, but certainly a side character. Yeah. Especially in that final... Well, not final scene, but when, they, when they're all kind of standing there and they're all kind of lined up, it's like, yeah, this is a bit of a team shot. Mm-hmm. I'm seeing this as a bit of a, like... The Brainiac side. Oh, you know, just like a three-man operation, not mm. just Ant-Man and the Wasp. Yeah. So, I don't know. I, which I am all for. I thought yeah. that... um. Uh, Hannah John Carmen made, which she did a wonderful performance. She's yeah. a good actress. Where's, yeah, she, where's she from? I've never seen her. I was Black looking Mirror. her up. She's in Ready Player One. Oh. She was uh, one of the main characters that worked for um, Ben Mendelsohn. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Um, now, yep. And she's been in some TV shows as well. Yeah. Most notably which, Killjoys. Yes. Um, That's, I think, popular in the US. Um, and then she's also was in a couple of episodes of Black Mirror because she's from London. She's from yep. London, isn't it? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one thing that I uh, didn't notice until I was actually listening to another group of people talk about this mm-hmm. was um, the fight choreography in this was quite different to was, usual. Oh. And at, I didn't realize this at all, but um, so I was listening to Pop Culture Happy Hour mm-hmm. um, and they said that in the first movie, there was a lot of like shrinking down and doing things because you're small. Mm. Whereas this one, it was a lot more of just changing size and like, so shrinking, for instance, is like being there and then disappearing and then being there and disappearing and being there and disappearing as opposed to I'm going to get really small and that's how I'm going to win. It was more like I will shrink down to Avoid. essentially disappear yeah. and then reappear and beat the crap out of you. Yeah, gotcha. Okay. Which I thought, look, I thought the fight choreography in this was great. Yep. Yeah. I thought the action scenes were fun, as were, the, as were they are in the first one. Yeah. I, thought they were, I thought they were fun. Yeah. Again, for me, this movie is just very all right-ish. It's not as yeah. mediocre as Black Panther. Am I right? Hey, hey. No, nah, you're on your own on that one. <laughs> um, I'm just but... not even entertaining that anymore. <laughs> you need to stop. <laughs> yeah, there's a couple of issues I do have with though. If I can yep. indulge with those, of course, good. He's Please got do. a list. I do have a bit of a list. <laughs> so you know how you guys said that you kind of feel like the jokes came off organic and whatnot. I felt they were a bit forced within the first half of the film. Well. Hang on, can I can I clarify? I think yeah. that the majority. Oh, hang on, wait. Sorry, did you say the first film? No, 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 second film. Okay, I thought the majority of them came off okay. Okay. One of the ones that I think was very forced. Yeah. Personally. Yep. And felt like, hey, this worked in the first one. Let's bring in the second one. Yeah. Was that whole scene of uh, Michael Pena's character with the Luis, um, uh, with the truth serum yep. and how he goes the flashbacks. Yeah. Yeah. I was but like, you see, that's what everyone loved about the first one. That's yeah. why it came back. Like everyone still talks oh, about am, it. I am totally aware that yeah. that's why they did it. Mm. I still just think it was a bit like, we do we need. You're to do only this? doing this yeah. because people liked it the first yeah. time. See, even I didn't feel like that was forced. I felt like some of the jokes was a bit kind of just like trying to get me to laugh. Because here's what I because I feel like 
I'm, I feel like I'm getting that almost out of every Marvel movie I go see, to be honest. Okay. I feel like with the, like Infinity War wasn't too bad, um, but I feel like kind of every other one, I feel like they're forcing me into love, into trying to love. Because look, that's their style, right? That's what Marvel films are. Um, and this leads well into my second point about this film, is I think this film struggles from an identity crisis. I, okay. I don't think this film knows what it wants to be. It wants to be a Marvel film, but I don't think it does anything to differentiate itself from the rest of the Marvel films. I feel like you go there, you're getting good serviceable action, a story with a villain, you're getting some light, fun-hearted humor. Like, it's a good time. You go there, you enjoy. I feel like that's a bulk. It's very formulaic, I feel like, for an MCU film. So I definitely yeah. feel like it, as Andrew said, it doesn't do anything new, but I feel like it doesn't do anything new to a point where it's, I feel like I was a bit semi-bored towards the end. So I'm okay, like, I've, yeah. I've seen this before. I've seen this formula before. And that's why when Infinity War came along, I was like, dude, this is awesome. Real stakes, awesome villain, fleshing them out quite completely. Um, so I feel like coming back to this, it's very much a here we go again for me. Look, I, what do you think about that, Andrew? I agree with some of it. Yep. But obviously not all of it. Yep. Okay. Because that's why we're friends. Yep. Well, we, can, <laughs> we can challenge each other on this. And like, I, I totally agree, but I agree that it's done... It's done nothing for the franchise. It's literally, it just is. Yeah. Okay. Marvel has kind of gone like, we have all this cash. What should we do? Let's yeah. just make another Ant-Man movie because people liked it. We're not going to yeah. set anything yeah. up through it. It's not going to start a new phase. It's just... It's just is. there. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I know? feel like there's hints of it having been different different from each other. Like the yeah. sound of them, it's like the Michael Peña flashback bit. Yeah. Or the action scenes where they're very trademarky. They'll mm-hmm. shrink down some awesome CGI slow-mo stuff, then back up, that type of thing. Because I listened to a podcast today, the old Batman on a Batman. Yep. Um, They were talking about that the director from the first one, which is the same director for this one, he wanted Giant Man for this movie. Okay. But obviously Civil War stole that. Yeah. And then they also wanted to put the Wasp in Civil War, and by that point he said, no, no, I need at least something for the second movie. So that's why the Wasp is in this one. Yep. And that's really all this movie has done. Yes. Is set her up. Yes. Because she's now filmed her scenes for the second Infinity War as well. Yep. So that, really, that's all this film has done, is set up the Wasp. Yep. Yeah. What do you think, Tyson? I I agree. Look, I I agree. Getting back to what you first said, I think you're right. This is a very, just, here it is. I'm not about to go and buy this on DVD, no. I think. No. Like, so for instance, Thor Ragnarok, as just like an easy uh, parallel, like funny movie yep. and a sequel and everything, 100%. Like, I want to own that on Blu-ray, definitely. Yeah. This one, I'm not faced. Yeah. Like, I'm no. not going to go out and buy this Yeah, kind I of just thing. feel like it's very, as I said, I feel like it's definitely a Marvel film. Because yeah. you can honestly distinguish now in our day and age with the amount of... Um, oversaturation we have from the superhero genre, it is very easy to pick out what a Marvel film is. Mm-hmm. I feel like from you know what's in the film, it's like it's fun. It's got some funny moments in there, some good action scenes. It's got a serviceable story, yeah, and that's kind of it. Like they've literally got it down to a formula, and yeah. it works. Because oh, yeah. People watch these movies; yeah. they pay millions of dollars to go see that, and there's nothing wrong with that. No. It's just that my opinion of it, I feel like it's getting a bit familiar for me. This this movie is literally a filler to get you to next year. Of course it is. That's that's yeah. that's all it really is. It's yeah. put yeah. this in between so they don't forget who we are because that's this day and age. The second it's not hot, it's forgotten. Yeah. 
Yeah. So. Look, and I was just looking then at the um the writers for this one. So it's actually there's there's so five many, writers on here. Say. Five. Yep. Yeah. Five. So Paul Rudd is one of them. Yep. Brilliant. Um, two of them, Andrew Barra and Gabriel Ferrari, are new-ish. Mm-hmm. They haven't got a lot on their resume. But then the other two are Chris McKenna and Eric Summers, who are the same guys who wrote the Spider-Man Homecoming okay, cool. and the new sequel coming out, amongst other things as well, yeah. but, but yeah. within the MCU. Um, so it's not the same writer mm. so as may- So the maybe first this movie was another way for Marvel to introduce new writers going forward. Look, maybe. Maybe. Um, to be honest, I enjoyed the first one more. I think mm. the first one had a better... Oh, the first one... The did, first one had a better script. The first one was more original. Did you enjoy the first one more just because it was no. new and fresh? No, I enjoyed it more because it was unique from a Marvel film. Okay, yep. Because it had a, a heist feel. It had moments that differentiated itself from the Marvel universe. Yep. Is what I feel like I liked it. I mean, that's what... I mean, it, which I would have liked to see Edgar Wright direct it fully. Um, obviously, that didn't happen. Nope. Um, but I feel like Edgar Wright's... Um, fingerprints on there can very much be felt mm. um, it's yeah. very much got that kind of hot fuzz that kind of really esque feel to it that yeah. really kind of heisty humour um, I don't know I really... do you feel the reason that one was so good was because it's the first Ant-Man film so Marvel kind of let them do what they want but then by the time it comes to a sequel it's right right you've had your moment now you need to do A, B and C what we say Look, I don't even think it's that. I think probably what you said, because obviously Edgar Wright came on and wrote pretty much the bulk of this script. Mm. So when he left, Peyton Reed came on. They, they couldn't change a whole lot from that. Yeah. So I do feel like, um, you know, whatever happened with that in that writer's room, mm. they were able to flex their muscles a little bit and try and make a, a creative film. Yeah. With this one, I feel like it's very much, this is what was successful in the first one. And, you know, let's stick to, let's try and stick to that. But let's also, you know, it's a Marvel film. So we've got to include this, um, ex, uh, I'm joking, yeah. this X amount of jokes. You know, yeah. you've got to have this types of thing in that villain. Yeah. So do you think that was them or producers saying, like, Marvel, Look, I big wigs, being more involved? I think it's a bit hard when you've got, I was like, gonna say, five writers it's, it's on it. It's tough to say. And yeah. I feel like Kevin Feige keeps such an, like, an, like overarching, like, kind of, I'm not going to say Iron Fist, but a watchful yeah. eye over everything. You, and, it's you, hard, and it's hard to say, honestly, as Have well. you listened to the Batman on Batman where they interviewed the writers from Infinity War? No. Kevin Feige is not involved. Yeah, that, that's the thing. I don't even yeah. know what's going on, so it's hard to say. Literally, they say, like, for Civil War, all he would do is pop his head in and just go, Civil War, and then just go. Um, another thing that I think, just speaking of like jokes and that, Paul Wright is obviously um, credited as one of the writers, and I think he really does have his trademark Paul Ruddy. ruddiness, ruddiness on this. Yep. Um, so, look, it is hard. I, I think it is. Look, I liked it. Mm, yeah. I enjoyed it. Mm. I wouldn't like turn my nose up at someone saying, "Hey, do you want to go see this?" or putting it on. Yeah. Like well, for you instance, saw it, it twice in two days. I did. Yes. Yeah. Um, Loves it. <laughs> Whereas, for instance, so say like, for instance, if someone wanted to put on like Thor: The Dark World, I'd probably be like, yeah, no, I don't want to watch that. Yeah. This one, I'm like, eh. But my big criticism yeah. with this film actually has very little to do with the film itself, but yeah. it is obviously a bit of spoiler territory. So go for it. If you have not seen this movie, as usual at this point, if you haven't seen it, pause here's it. a here's a good point to pause. Mm. Um, we are going to be talking about what happens within the movie now and directly relating to spoilers. Yes. So, now that's been said, yep. my big bit of context, going into, and we talked about this in our Infinity War episode, yep. 
going into Infinity War, you knew that there were films that were confirmed yes. afterwards. <laughs> and you obviously there were a lot of rumors about what would happen. Yes, yes, yes. Now, Ant-Man and the Wasp was one of the ones that was coming out soon after Infinity War. Yep. So I was like, okay, well, Ant-Man is clearly going to survive. <laughs> yeah. But then he wasn't in Infinity War. I was like, okay, now I'm actually much more excited about Ant-Man and the Wasp because I want to know what they're doing during Infinity War. Exactly. And that was my biggest disappointment on this movie. Yep. This movie could have been released any time after Civil War. Couldn't have been, been released at all, to be honest. Well, <laughs> let, let's put that aside. But like, realistically, if this film came out a week after Civil War, yep. it would have made exactly the same amount of sense. Yep. Yeah. The only thing that this movie has tying it to the, its point chronologically in the MCU is the first post first post credit scene. Yeah. yeah. Now, for those of you, if you have seen this, you know what I'm talking about. Um, Scott Lang, Paul Rudd's character, goes into the quantum realm. Yep. Subatomic, man. Yep. Subatomic. And then when he tries, when he wants to be pulled out, by it, Michael Douglas, Michelle Pfeiffer, and Evangeline Lilly. Yep. They are all to dust. Mm-hmm. They've all been part of Thanos's big. Destroying half of the population. The snap. The snap. Now, that scene could have been a post-credit scene in Infinity War. Yeah, and that's yeah. that's what I mean. Like it we would have, have made done without the entire it, film. Exactly, it would have made exactly the same amount of sense. Yeah, it would have. And I think that, and just and just realistically speaking, like if they are doing that at the point in time that Thanos is clicking his finger, what they're running an experiment on the a car park roof while. Everyone else is fighting in um, Wakanda. Thank you. I had a mental blank. Wakanda. Wakanda and the planet Titan. Like the moon Titan. No, there is no way that they wouldn't be completely consumed with what is happening. That, mm. that I just couldn't suspend my disbelief that far. Yeah. What do you think? I, I, okay. I, I agree, but then that's, it's very nitpicky. Like, we, we don't like... Yeah, I don't think it is, though. I don't think it's nitpicky, because yeah. I feel like... Because, like, yes, it was, like, semi-enjoyable for me, but walking out, I was like, I could have done without this film. Yeah. Like, I reckon I could have had that two hours back, and I wouldn't, like, it wouldn't be a bad thing or anything like that. Yeah. So, I feel like when they showed that end credit scene, and you mentioned that to me in the cinema, I was like, yes, I agree. Because that would have been an awesome end credit scene at the end of Infinity War. Like, damn, there's Ant-Man, there's the Wasp, there's Michelle Pfeiffer, I don't know who she is, and there's Michael Douglas, and that kind of sets it up. Like, yeah. I feel like that would have worked better than a whole movie. Because the movie, as I said, is enjoyable, but at the end of it, you're like, did I really need that? Yeah. And also, like, Giant Man resurfaces, like, that's what's on the news instead of Thanos is destroying everything. Yeah. Like, nah, I'm, it's just, it doesn't line up well enough. Yeah. And considering that they have had this 10-year-long this yeah. plan and everything, like... I'll defend it. With the giant man stuff, because that doesn't really timeline it for us. Oh, true, yeah, true. Yeah, but, but I do agree. If all that's happening in Wakanda and fighting in New and, York, and, and da, they're da, just da, da, they're just running a errand on a rooftop to nah, make sure I, yeah. Ghosty Girl doesn't do what she has to do, which is which they refer to as our new ghost friend. Which yeah. is now that we are in spoiler territory, that's why I think she's going to come back because mm-hmm. they refer they're collecting quantum energy to help heal her to k- keep her yeah. one not. Phasing in and out. Also, on the topic of that, the third act in this film, there are just so many things that just happen like that. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. flipping Michelle Pfeiffer puts her fingers to Hannah John Kamen's head 
and all of a sudden she's healed for a certain amount of time. I was like, what? Yep. I, no, was, like, I, I was like, what, you're a magician And now? I was like, and there's no attempt to explanation. Like, yeah. attempt to explain it. Please do. I Like, ex- I don't care how silly it is. Throw all of your science jargon in there and I'll Well, that's it. the thing because... The, the so only way I can explain it is she's been stuck there so it's in her now. It's just dumb though. But that's considering just... that this movie is so heavily based on science, quote unquote, yeah. like their version of the science. Yeah. Given that it is so heavily based on that, for her to come out and be magic, no, that's Doctor Strange. Let him do that. Mm. Like, at least have some kind of, like, she gets drained. There's yeah. some, like, she has to sleep and recharge, like, something. But instead of, like, heal. Or even stuff mm. like Wasp getting out of it. This is very nitpicky, but this is just frust- this is frustrating to me as a film, um, as a film lover. Uh, Wasp would get out the water, then the next shot, she's on the bay already dry. Or, like, um, it's just, like, they just cut really quickly mm. without any explanation. I just feel like that jars the scene, the jars the film, and it jars down mm. the pacing. It's just too much editing. I'm just like, oh, we're here. Oh, yeah. flip, yeah. And the audience has to, you know, catch their breath and catch their eyes. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. It's a lot more smoother and seamless, I feel like, when you... And it takes, like, a second, but this is really nitpicky. You know, they're getting out of the water, and it follows that kind of transition. Yeah. Um, but look, that's just me. That's yeah. just what... And that just frustrates me when I watch films. And that's mm. not this film alone. It's multiple films. Yeah. Well, look, that being said, um, I do I do like this movie. Yeah. I do think you should go and see it. I do have one thing to say. Yeah, go, go for it. Um, reading reviews and wa la 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 la. Uh, apparently, there is a lot of Easter eggs in that quantum realm. Is there? And when I said I thought I saw a city. Oh, he's chuffed up. I was right. Justified, really. Because there is Easter eggs, and I'm assuming that's one of them. So <laughs> oh. Yeah. So Andrew, upon leaving the cinema, was like, "Did anyone else see a city when he was in the quantum quantum realm?" realm. And we're like, "Nah, nah, nah. It's just like artsy. It's like things flying up and that." Now he's trying to. Now he's trying to claim. I'm right. According to the internet, (laughs) that he's right. You both owe me ten bucks if I'm right, or I owe you both ten bucks if I'm right. Yeah, I'll take Um, that. Look, I'm still not buying it. I'm sorry. (laughs) Well, let's let's put it on the line. All right. At the end of the day. For and me, it's semi-enjoyable. Okay. You know who this movie's really targeted for? Kidly Winks. Yeah. Kids will love this movie. Yeah, it is It is a very... Same with every Marvel film. Very digestible, Don't you low-stakes do movie. It's a low-stakes movie. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's a very low-stakes horror turn, am I right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. okay. Right, that is Ant-Man yeah. and the Wasp. Let's now move on to... The future. The future. Why don't... Uh, Yeah, do you want to go first? Yeah, I'll go first. All right, Andrew, what are you bringing for the future? Now, if you remember, a long, long time ago, I messaged you going, ooh, look at this movie and look at this cast. This cast is flipping amazing. I know exactly what you're talking about, yes. Yes. This movie is called Mowgli. Although it wasn't. It wasn't. It was originally called Jungle Book. The Jungle Book. And I was very excited, thought the cast was absolutely phenomenal. And then the actual Jungle Book came out, directed by John Favreau, and none of the original cast that I saw was the voices of the animals. Yeah, so a bit of context here. What happened is that, um, oh gosh, like two years ago, yeah, maybe? Yeah, about two years now. Um, it was announced that there was a Jungle Book live-action style movie that was going to come out, and it had a voice cast of Kate Blanchett, Benedict Cumberbatch, Christian Bale, um, Andy, Serkis. Andy Serkis, and just like a, a top top cast and we're like oh amazing yeah next thing you hear is that the jungle 
Jungle Book movie is coming out and it had a completely different voice cast. Yes, and I was very confused. Yes, so what happened there is that, as you may have noticed, Disney is remaking all of their classics you know in live action yeah. in order to hold on to the copyright that they have. Yep. Now, Jungle Book is... they. I don't know the ins and outs of copyright law. I am not a lawyer, but Jungle Book was essentially free territory. Yeah. So someone was creating a Jungle Book movie and then Disney kind of said, hey, hey, hey. swooped in yeah. and released it before them. So maybe what I'm thinking is Disney owns Jungle Book, but maybe they don't own the characters' names. Well, they don't own... Uh, look, someone might be able to correct us on this, yeah. but as far as I'm aware, Jungle The Jungle Book by Rudyard Kipling, the book is old enough now that it's considered public domain, which yeah. means that artists, creators can create content based on this intellectual property yeah. and not come under copyright infringement or anything. Yeah. Now, I might be wrong on that. Mm. Now, that being said, uh, when Disney wanted to... So, obviously, Disney made a Jungle Book movie and that movie is copyrighted. Yep. So, for instance, um, the song... the fa- oh, I'm having so many mental Bare necessities. Blanks. Bare necessities. Thank you very much. Um, that, for instance, is copyrighted, however. But mm-hmm. the characters yeah. are made by Roger Kipling and they are yeah. public domain. Yes. Now, would you like to know who this movie is directed by, which I had no idea? Mate, I, I know have, who it's directed I have by. just seen this. Andy Serkis. Yes. Is which this his directorial debut? Might be, actually. Maybe not. I think he's done another I was going to say, I think he's yeah. done one or two movies. I'll yeah. check it, Tyson, real quick. Yep. Now, this, this movie, for me, brings back flashbacks when I was a kid yep. watching the Jungle Book TV Series. Oh yeah. And oh gosh. Yeah, and it's the synopsis for this movie is pretty much the Jungle Book. A human yep. child raised by wolves must face off against a menacing tiger named Shere Khan, as well as his own origins. Yes. So, which is basically yeah, which the is Jungle basi- Book. <laughs> basically the Jungle Book, but the fact that Benedict Cumberbatch is Shere Khan. Ooh, chilling. Benedict Cumberbatch uh, was most notably. Well, I mean, he was Sherlock in the BBC TV series. Yes. Correct. Um, which we'll be speaking about in the next episode. Ooh. Uh, but we, uh, he was also the voice of... Um, Smaug. Smaug in yes. The Hobbit yes. movie series. Sorry, please and continue. Very much pinning this as like the dark reimagining very, telling. It is very dark. It does look pretty intense. But when I watched the trailer, I really preferred this as opposed to the one Disney put out. Yeah, really. Just This just tickles my fancy. A lot more. Yeah. And Christian Bale as Bagheera as well. Oh, just the voice cast alone is just stunning. Yeah. And all of it's done in motion capture as well. Yeah. All the actors' performances. That makes sense why Andy Serkis is probably exactly. doing it. Exactly. Yeah. So that's why he came on because he wanted to yeah. do this all in um, yeah. motion capture. I'm excited. Even Sheer, I'm just looking at a still here of Sheer Khan. It looks so scary. It looks awesome. It does look good. Yeah. Awesome. It does look like a very dark version mm, of does. the Jungle Book. Yeah. yeah. Which is exactly, I think, what they're going for. Yeah. And obviously, it's going to be a different story by the looks of this here. So, yeah. But it says it's completed, but it has not yet been screened. Okay. Yeah. So, I for would the old side dance. And you want to know who's putting this movie out? Warner Brothers, bro. Yes. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Warner Brothers are putting there you it go. out. So, that's probably why they had to be like, you hold your bridges. <laughs> and let Disney do what they want to do. Yeah, look, I think I think this movie possibly has um suffered a bit mm. because I think so. Like well. I think they really were just I think beaten. everyone had the intention this was going to be the only one. Yeah. Yeah. Or even that it would be released first, I yeah. feel like. Look, I don't care. I think 
I'm excited for this one. Oh, same here, man. I'll probably really. I think enjoy the voice. This. I think the fact that it's voice cast and it's motion capture. Yes. But I don't. I don't know if the Disney one did this or not. But no. this one just. It appears to be more. It appears to be a new that, story. Oh, that looks amazing. Yeah. It, it appears to be a new retelling of the Jungle Book, as opposed to just a retelling. Live action yeah. retelling. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Yep. I concur. Hmm. So there you go. That's Mowgli. Uh, that yes. is set to come out. Did you say Mowgli? Mowgli. Mowgli. Is it? Yeah. Mowgli. Mowgli. Oh. M-O-W. What an amateur. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it's uh, set to come out 19th of October 2018 in the US. Um, Beautiful. So it'll be yeah. similar time for us here in Australia. Fantastical. There you go. Right. I'm excited. Yeah. Andy Serkis' so probably biggest directorial. I'm going to say so. He's done three. He did a TV movie and he did another one in... 2017. Good on him. There you go. No, good on him. Oh, yeah. Breathe. Tyson? With... Yep. Hit us with your best shot. Ooh. Oh, I wouldn't say it's my best shot. Okay, look. I uh, was flicking through IMDb. I was looking through some trailers the other week. As you do. Yeah. Well, as we do. I don't as know if everyone do. else does I that. do it. Yep. And uh, a picture appeared up, and I was like, that looks like a very familiar art style. And uh, it was the trailer for Disenchantment, which is Matt Groening's New creation. Creation. Mm. And if you've been living under a rock for the past 25 years... Probably a bit longer than that. Possibly. Yeah. Matt Groening is the creator of The Simpsons and the far superior TV series Futurama. Oh. There you go. I said it. I Someone had that, to, all right? No, I Futurama. I don't know if I can stand by you for that. Like, I love Futurama. and We watched every single episode plus the movies together. Look. Movies. You're allowed to be wrong. This one. So. This, this young one. Have you seen Futurama? Oh, yeah. I didn't know there were movies, though. Season five, quote-unquote, was just four movies. So they did actually air them as, like, episodes, but they were originally released as movies. Yeah, right. So that's... um, Interesting. uh, What was it? What was the first one called? Oh, man, I can't remember. It's that long Bender's Big Score. That's the one. Followed by The Beast of a Billion Backs. Cool. (laughs) Followed by Bender's Game. Yep. And then Into the Wild Green Yonder. Sweet. Back on the Disenchantment. Look, I could talk about future armor. We all could day. talk about future armor. Anyway, yeah. so the teaser trailer states the uh, very obvious. It says that Matt Groening took you to the future mm-hmm. in Futurama. He was in the present for The Simpsons. So, what's the obvious third choice? We go even further into the future. No, nah. no. So the past. Ah. So he is creating a um, a TV series called Disenchantment. It yes. is a Netflix series. Wait a minute. Ooh. He stole the idea from Netflix us. Is <laughs> I don't think so. It is um, set in the crumbling medieval kingdom of Dreamland. <laughs> what? Yep. That's a good name. Very. Uh, Give him that. Gosh, so imaginative. Oh. Dreamland. Brilliant. Anyway. Um, look, so it it focuses on the main character of Bean. Yes. B-E-A-N. Bean. Yep. Um, with an elf friend called Elfo. Yes. And Luchi, who is her personal demon. Oh, okay. Like inner demon? No, external demon. Okay. He walks around with him. He's a little black character. I got you. Okay. Oh, fantastic. Uh, f- the series' first 10 episodes will premiere on August 17th. Netflix has already ordered a 10-episode second season. Mate, <laughs> Netflix is rolling in it. And it is Groening's first... Uh, first release since 1999. Wow. 
Futurama came out in 1999. Did it actually? Is it yep. that old? Because the oh, first wow. episode was everyone celebrating New Year's, yeah. the year 2000, and he gets transported to the New Year's, yeah. year 3000. So, yes. Who's Lucci again? Uh, so, the um, Abby Jackson from Broad City yep. is the voice of Bean. Yep. Nat Faxon plays Elfo. Yep. And Eric Andre will voice Lucci. Sweet. I love Eric Andre. He's now, so look, funny. The cast, the voice cast of this series looks say, phenomenal. Matt Berry's in this. Yeah, so Matt is Bell Fielding. Yeah, John DiMaggio is returning, who is the voice of Bender, um, amongst other things as well. Um, Noel Fielding is in it. Oh my goodness! Um, I'm actually pumped about this now that Noel Fielding's in it. Yeah, Tress McNeil, who uh, was the voice of Leela, yep, is hmm. back in. Um, Billy West, who is the voice of literally everything yep. in the world. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah, he's. Yeah. Right, he is the voice of, he's the voice of the red M and M. He's the voice of Fry. He's the voice of Rayman. He's the voice of, like, uh, I think the list goes on and on. Forty million voices in yeah. Futurama. He is an a highly talented voice actor. Really, he's in it. Um. So yeah, look, they're pretty tight lipped about what everything, like mm. what. But who the voices are of everything, and it, really all they've released is Bean, Elfo, and Lucci. Yeah, there's no poster. It's like it's like a thirty second teaser. It's yep. like really it. tight. If lipped. Netflix has already ordered a season two, it must be good. Oh look, I think Matt Groening, like mm. people are going to stick with it no yeah. matter what. Listen, listen to this: Warner Brothers ordered a Green Lantern sequel before Green Lantern had already even been released. Ouch! So let that just let that simmer. Ouch! Well, yeah. we got justification for that. <laughs> Now, the series, it says, so this is the synopsis. It'll follow a hard-drinking young princess. These pictures are hilarious. Named Bean, yep. (laughs) An elf companion named Elfo, her personal demon and Lucci, as they encounter all manner of fantasy creatures in a magical kingdom known as Dreamland. (laughs) And it says the show, Groening noted that the show will be about life and death, love and marital things that happen when you're married in case some young ears are listening, and how to keep laughing in a world full of suffering and idiots, despite what the elders and wizards and other jerks will tell you. <laughs> so, look, I, I'm i really excited about this for two reasons. One, it's, it's Matt Groening. Yeah. Okay. And although I'm not the biggest fan of The Simpsons, I didn't mind it, but I love Futurama. Futurama is one of my all-time favourite cartoon series. Yep. All-time favourite series. Yep. All-time favourite science fiction series like it's I think it's brilliant yeah and I also like fantasy I like the fantasy the, the fantasy genre and you do I was gonna say you definitely love the fantasy genre you play yeah. Dungeons and Dragons it's true I do yeah. um so if Disenchantment can bring to fantasy yeah what Futurama brought to science fiction yeah brilliant it's I just, cannot it's wait it's just another putting his finger in another pot type thing, you know, like, whatever he touches is going to turn to gold. But Matt Groening is a giant nerd, and yeah, exactly. he's a very intelligent guy as yeah. well. It, you, don't, ha- you don't create The Simpsons, Futurama, and this without being exactly. super intelligent. Yeah. So, um, I'm like, excited, man. Yeah, look, I think it's... I'm really excited for this. Um, August 17th, it'll be out. I cannot wait. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of it, really. I mean, there's only a teaser. So, but as I said, the voice yeah, cast looks amazing. And yeah, Matt Groening, brilliant. Sweet. Should I hop on in? Please do. What are you bringing I'm for bringing the future? I'm bringing a film that is written and directed by Spike Lee, Spike Lee Joint. And this is Black 
KK Klansman is the name of the film. That's a yeah. mouthful. Black. It is. Well, it's just, I think, more commonly just referred to as Black Klansman, but... Yeah, but Black KK. It Klansman. is about the KKK. Yes. So, the plot is as follows. Ron Stolworth, an African-American police officer from Colorado, played by Denzel Washington's son, John David Washington. What else has he been in? His face is so familiar. No idea, but I'll count with the plot. I'll have a oh, look. Okay, no worries. <laughs> Successfully manages to infiltrate the local Ku Klux Klan and become the head of the local chapter. And he does this by getting his colleague, Adam Driver, Flip Zipperman, to act as the Ku Klux Klan member. Because if you didn't know, Ku Klux Klans don't let African-American members in. Well, they are... How surprising. They have a history of murdering (laughs) African-Americans. Yeah. So basically the plot is, you know, he's this... John Denzel Washington's son is this great detective... Starts up this conversation. Oh, yeah, we'll come meet down. Finds all the information. And he sends Adam Driver to basically be him. And they're in an effort to take down the KKK. But at the same time, Denzel Washington's son, um, he is also battling stuff from the Black Panther movement as well. Mm. So we've kind of got two really um, aggressive political parties going at one another, all set across the backdrop of the 1970s. Hmm. Mm-hmm. This looks very, as I said last week with Bad Times at it has a hint of Tarantino in it, I feel. Very kind of that that very kind of black exploitation oh. film-esque vibe from the 70s. Yeah. Has very much, I feel like, that kind of vibe to it, that Jackie Brown vibe. But also Spike Lee is kind of hinting it. Now, yeah. Spike Lee is a very, with his films, he tends to be quite political, um, very social-esque. Um, for better and for worse, for some films it works. Like, he's, he's, what was his film that set him off? Do the Right Thing. That was cool. Um, Chirac, which came out a couple of years ago, that was a bit... Under. I like this actor. He's in Ballers with The Rock. Yeah. Oh, is he? He's one of the like main football stars. He's so good. Yeah, is he? Yeah. yeah. He's awesome. But look, I generally like Spike Lee and what he, um, what he churns out. He is a, he's a very interesting... He's quite interesting when it comes to his artistic expression. Um, as I said, some things are awesome, some things aren't. Um, but this looks... I think the, from the cast alone, we've got Topher Grace in this as well. Alec Baldwin... Um, we've also got people like Lawrence Harrier, who was um, who was she? She was in Spider-Man: Homecoming. She was the girl that Peter was in love with. Oh, Michael yeah, Michael Keaton's yeah. daughter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then also Ryan Eggold as well. Um, yeah, this movie is actually a comedy. Like that's what it's. It's like a yeah. crime comedy. Sorry, a, I should clarify. D- that. Yeah, it's yep. a dark comedy. Yeah. Um, however, that being said, Spike Lee received a. I'm just reading a six-minute. Standing ovation yeah. when this premiered at Cannes. Awesome. Of course he did. Every film gets a standing ovation at Cannes. Now, well, here's the other thing. I'm not sure if you're aware of this. This is based on a true story. There you go. It is. It's actually based on a true story. Ron Starworth is not a made-up character. He really? Is a, he is a real person. Dang, this actually happened. This is something that actually wow, happened. Wow, that's so cool. Yeah. Major cahoots to him, dude. That would have been freaky. Yeah. So the whole, like, posing, yeah. like, having these phone calls... Because yeah. basically, Ron Starworth at some point, quote, like Ron Starworth, quote unquote, was the head of the local chapter. Yeah, and it's like a African American man was made to basically bluffed his way as a as a black African American police officer. He made it as the head of a local chapter. It's awesome. In order to infiltrate them and take them down. Look, who better? I, Honestly, who better? <laughs> I. I'm thoroughly looking forward to this film. Oh, yeah. same. I want to go home and watch the trailer properly now. Dude, for sure. It comes out August 6th here in Oz. August, yep. August 6th. 9th, sorry. August 9th. August 9th. Maybe that should be the next one. 
Oh, maybe. Maybe. Oh, let's 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 get away look, from I, comic books. Who needs them anymore? <laughs> <laughs> let's actually do film. Um, look, uh, look. I think we still do that. I'll say. <laughs> but yeah, look. That's me. John David Washington, Black Klansman. It looks great. It looks phenomenally good. Mm. Looks awesome. So short, sweet, to the point. That's how I like it with my futures. There you go. I am, uh, however, going to jump in. I'm going to be a bit naughty. I'm going to bring in a second future. I see. I'm sorry. Knew you um, would. Look, the reason is this. I heard recently um, Kevin Feige, if you're unaware, the executive producer of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. We're on talking terms with him. We call him up every day. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Big Kev. No, we don't. Oh, okay, so if you are unaware, Captain Marvel, starring Brie Larson, the first female-led MCU movie, is coming mm. out October. I will not back you up on this because I have no idea. I will have to double check that. Anyway. They've only just finished filming so I don't know. March. March. So, um, that is Marvel's first female-led movie. It's also going to be the first female-directed movie. Movie, yes. Um, I'll be perfectly honest with you, I think Marvel's a bit late to the ball game on that. Yes, and I think they even they will throw their hands yeah. up in the air and say, yeah, we're a little bit late. Like, why hasn't there been mm. a um... A female Black Widow. Yeah. I am missing everything today. Anyway, (laughs) like why hasn't there been a Black Widow movie? An Origins movie of Black Widow would be amazing. Do you think the reason they probably left it off, not for any other reason than just being like, we planted this story too big to even get to that yet? And they still yet do this right? No, I I do not believe that Marvel slash Disney, with all their money and planning, could not have done a female movie. Like that just... If I'm you look at the that. if you look at the original Avengers though, the original Avengers had the Wasp in it. Yeah, well, that's true. So <laughs> yeah. here's the thing: this film actually isn't directed by females singularly as well. It's co-directed. That yes, yeah, sorry, you are correct. It is co-directed. Yeah. Um, but even still, now look, I think that Marvel is at a point, yeah, in my mind, where they are making enough money, they've got enough publicity yep. that I personally think that it is. Time for them yep. to be a bit more socially responsible. Yep. Because people are going to see their movies, yep. guaranteed. Yes. So they should be the people going, you know what? We are going to get a female to direct a female led movie. Yep. And we are going to do the thing. We're going to get a black writer and a black director to direct Black Panther. Good on them for doing that. I think that it is time for them to stop trying to rely on the. I'm going to call it like it is, the lie Mm. that you need to have safe choices. Mm. Oh, we've got to make sure we appeal to everyone Mm. because they have enough momentum and enough money and enough everything that they can take chances and not be crippled by it. Look at Black Panther. As much as I think that film is mere, that film made like $1.6 billion at the box office and was a critical smash. um, in the minds of the critics. It's like they've already laid the foundations for it. Now look, I am not defending Marvel and I feel very strongly as you do but do you think maybe just maybe they don't have any strong female characters like Wonder Woman per se look that's not critically acclaimed like no, look, her. look that is a fair point Wonder yep. Woman is by far the most successful yep. um, female superhero yep. like hands down yep. but there is a plethora of female characters no, that they could draw abs- and if they can if they can bring back Guardians of the Galaxy and make it a smash hit. Yeah, they can do that with any character. Which I think 
leading into what you're going to talk yeah. about is maybe them saying, sorry. Look, so that's that's what I want to get into. Now, obviously, we aren't trying to badmouth Marvel. No. But as I said, I think they they should be a bit more socially responsible, which is when I, which is why when I found out the news that I'm about to talk about, I was really, really... Um, happy. I was happy, yeah. yeah. I was kind of <laughs> proud of it. Now, Captain Marvel... Yes. Brie Larson, set in the 90s, I believe it is. Early yes, 90s. 90s, 90s, 90s. Um, 1999. She is... That means that it's going to be a kind of prequel story. Yes, yes. of course. Now, in 2013, mm. Marvel Comics mm. premiered a new character yes, called Ms. Marvel. Ms. Now, Captain Marvel yes. originally did actually start as Ms. Marvel. Yes. Yep. She later became Captain Marvel. However, I don't think they're doing that in the movies. No. no. But in 2013, they brought out a new character, Ms. Marvel, okay. who was inspired by Captain Marvel. That's yeah. why she took on the moniker of Ms. Marvel, because she looked up to Captain Marvel as a female superhero. Yep. There cool. we go. Now, the other thing is that Ms. Marvel yep. is a Pakistani-American teenager called Kamala Khan. Awesome. Interesting. And Kevin Feige has said in, a, in an interview with the BBC that we have plans for that once we've introduced Captain Marvel into the world that they are going to bring in Ms. Marvel. Yes. Brilliant. And I quote, we wanted to get Captain Marvel out there first so that there is something for a young Muslim girl to get inspired by. Brilliant. Feige said during the 10th annual Produced By Conference on Saturday. Sorry, this is, uh, this is quite old. So, yeah. not recent Saturday. Yeah. And look, I think that that is a brilliant move. Yeah. That is them taking a bit of a risk. Ms. Marvel, although she is um, a huge... A hit since she launched in 2013. Yeah. She's a very recent character. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was the first time a Muslim character headlined a Marvel Comics book yep. ever. So, look, I'm really excited. I yeah. really think that this is Marvel. Marvel could take this opportunity to go, you know what? Do you know what we are missing at the moment? We have no representation at all of... Women. Well, I mean, women... To one extent, solo, but solo like, women, but yeah. any um, Islamic characters oh, at absolutely, all. Absolutely, yeah. We have what forty million white males that yeah. we can all identify with, and no gay or lesbian characters as well. Exactly. Yeah. So, and I, I honestly think this. I think Marvel needs to step up their game. Yep. And actually diversify their lineup. And I feel that they would probably agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the co-creator of um. Is Kamala, okay. uh, sorry, uh, whatever. What's her first name? I've forgotten it already. <laughs> Kamala Khan. Um, she Ms. sounds Marvel. like a bad guy. <laughs> no, <Nah>. Kamala Khan. <laughs> Co- the co-creator, uh, Sana Amanat. Yep. Who? Actually, I'm not going to say because I don't know that for certain. Um, she says that the reason that they, you know, create. I think it's incredibly important that we tell young women and young girls that they have this incredible power within themselves, and that they have heroes out there who they can look up to, especially in these times. Yep. And these are. The biggest movies of our generation yep, by absolutely. far, and oh, I yeah, think, absolutely. and biggest cultural impact. Exactly, and if Marvel is going to do this, props to them. Yep. yep. I like. I will like. I will spend my money on that movie, whether I like it or not, because I think that it's the right thing to do. I yeah. will buy a Ms. Marvel T-shirt. I have the first issue. If you'd like to borrow it, I, said I think it's quite good. <laughs> it's a T-shirt. Okay. Look. Um. That's what I want to bring. I think that it's really good. Have either of you read the Ms. Marvel? Nope. No, no, I have not even read any Captain Marvel, so I wouldn't, okay. I wouldn't know. I actually, thing. to be perfectly honest with you, I haven't read any Captain Marvel either, nope. outside of some like big yep. Avengers crossovers. Yeah. But Ms. Marvel, 
we've got the first issue of, and it's it's good. Yeah, it's really good because it it's not bringing hey, I'm a superhero, let's go do stuff. It's like this young girl who's struggling with the fact that she lives in America during the time of extreme racism and this threat from terrorist nations and all this thing and people just profiling. Mm. And she's a teenager and her parents are like, you know, really strict and it's this trying to find her identity as a teenager, trying to find her identity as a woman, trying to find her identity as a uh, Muslim immigrant within America mm. and then on top of this now trying to find her identity as a superhero. Well that's and that's your new hero origin story, not look, the lonely geek yeah. in the corner anymore. Exactly. I think it's yeah. I think it's really good. I'm really excited that Marvel are going to do this and I really hope that they do it right. properly, well and soon. Which they probably will to be honest. Yeah. Hopefully. I'd rather them take their time and get it right than rush it out and just not even flop but just ant man it. See, Number two, just it is what it is, kind of thing. Yeah, you yeah. Know? If they say it's not coming out till twenty twenty two, sweet. I will wait till twenty twenty two. Take good. your sweet time, Kevin Feige. All right, we Look, did it, boys. That's, that's all I want to speak about, but Ms. Marvel and Captain Marvel. That's mm-hmm. the podcast. That's it. Yeah. If you want to, feel free to hit us up on the Twitter at srtw podcast. Hit us up on Twitter. Um, and let's go a quick recap of what we've chatted about today. Past. We chatted about the usual suspects. Go watch that right now. Drop what you are ever doing and just go watch it, please. We also did Batman The Dark Knight Returns, the animated movie, part mm-hmm. one, part two. Yep. Then Tyson's little favorite, Teen Titans Go. Then we talked about so good. Ant-Man and the Wasp and the present. Um, oh, I wouldn't say mutual feelings, but some enjoyed <laughs> it more than others. Yep. Still consensus, semi-enjoyable. Yep. It is It is what it is. Yep. Then in the future, we covered uh, Mogi. That's pronounced Mowgli. that right. Mowgli, Mowgli. Mowgli. Disenchantment. And then we also did a bit of, uh, whatchamacallit, a Black Klansman. And then we touched, touched on Miss Marvel. Yeah. That's one podcast. Down. That's it. Ready to go. So what episode are we coming to next week? Next week is 20. So you know what that means. Every five episodes. What does that mean, boys? And when I say next week, I mean next episode. Next episode. <laughs> yeah. We will be uh, chatting with John Ooh. from uh, Surviving the Apocalypse, Ooh. The Nerds Way. Hello, John. I know you're listening. He's already Prepared. given me his uh, past and future that he Ooh, wants to talk about. What a reveal. legend. So that'll be very exciting, and we're looking forward to that. Yes. All right. <laughs> this is Screen Review Time Up. I'm Zach. I'm Andrew. And I'm Tyson. Have a good one. And we'll see you next time. <laughs> we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Yeah.